Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome to episode sixty-nine. Yeah. Oh, just such a journey. Uh, we've been saying it since day one. This is this is why you podcast uh, to get to episode sixty-nine. Uh, Michael, congratulations. Uh, it's it's something we've done before on our other shows. Um, yep, we've sixty-nine on our other shows. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it honestly, um, you know, and it, it, it should be mentioned, of course, this episode is sponsored by Manscaped. Uh, the only way to 69 is to be properly groomed, uh, but we'll get into more of that later. Uh, I just, it, it warms my heart to know that we get to type in to our emails that we send to the Hockey Podcast Network, Detroit Red Wings, Discussion 5. Episode 69, uh, very nice episode, uh, easy title, uh, that's, that's probably my favorite part. All right, everybody, welcome to the Discussion 5, where we discuss the five most pressing matters for your Detroit Red Wings, which we have uh, certainly thrown into the wood chipper these last few months as uh, we've been going over old NHL drafts and talking about playoffs, which we certainly are not involved in, uh, so... Soon enough, we'll have five pressing matters for the Detroit Red Wings uh, as as we come to you every Monday morning. Uh, this is uh, Matt uh, at Clink Matt. You can find my brother at Michael underscore Clink. You can find the show at BOD Hockey. Uh, we are also the brothers of discussion uh, for a wrestling podcast. We are at BOD Podcast on Twitter. And we have a shared Instagram account, account that's at brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And... Um, Find our website, uh, bodpodcast.com and brothersdiscussion.com, which is the hub for all things pro wrestling. 
And of course, as we mentioned every week, and you heard at the top of the show, uh, we are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. That can be found at HockeyPodNet and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com, where you can find the website and uh, hubs for all 31 NHL teams, soon to be 32, and of course some other shows, as uh, as we've been highlighting at the start of every episode, uh, just put your uh headphones in and uh we'll give you a little bit of a treat and a snippet of what's going on uh with the other hockey podcast network shows but uh mike let's jump in to our uh kind of red wings discussion because we're gonna bring it around and we're gonna make it about the red wings oh mike i I tweeted yesterday that we're in the end game now um this is, if if anything, um, it, it feels like uh, we have to sacrifice ourselves uh, to get the glove off of Thanos just to make sure <laughs> that the absolute worst thing does not happen. Um, the snap hasn't happened this. yet, unfortunately. What? The snap hasn't happened. Uh, it, it we're could. about to we're about to see Pittsburgh win the first spot, and then that's that's the snap. <laughs> I, I'm glad it's quick. I'm glad that we're going to know on, so the, the day that this is released, this is, so we're still like able to talk about it. We're still happy because we, it hasn't been said which team is going to get that first pick, which uh, when, when you play this game, it's going to be eight teams. So you divide that, that percentage around. So right now we stand at a 25% chance that either Pittsburgh or Edmonton is going to be landing that uh that first overall pick now let's say toronto loses tonight so we're recording before the uh uh toronto game that that would mean like between the pittsburgh penguins the edmonton oilers i'm gonna throw in the new york rangers because i i don't think i'd be very happy if they got that pick and the toronto maple leafs there there's a 50 percent chance that one of those teams is gonna walk away with lefreniere um uh, and I don't, I, the my case for the Rangers is mainly revolves around the fact that they just got Capo Caco, they have Artemi Panarin. Are they anywhere near, like, Stanley Cup level? I think they just proved how terrible they are. Uh, getting just, uh, getting yeah. swept out of that I mean, qualifier round. But I just, I don't know. They don't deserve it. Like, the fact that we fall back every year and the fact that a team like the Rangers, which has just picked up Kako, and now they're going to get Lafreniere. It's just not fair. And that's why I've put them on my list of I'm going to blow my brains out. After. I know. There's there's just so many narratives here. One is um, the Thanos situation that he goes to Pittsburgh. That is just – I like what we need to do, what the NHL needs to coordinate is somehow um, a little bit like – I think I don't. I don't think that they've quite figured it out in the NHL. So, so I'm going to use an NFL example. Uh, when they would get like gaggles of fans on draft day, and you can yeah. see who the first pick is, and like the New York Giants always fuck up their pick, and the fans are just, oh, and it's just you know, uh, just a cacophony of boos and sneers, and you know, people screaming in the streets. So I think what we need to do for tomorrow That's a night. Good word. <clears throat> Thank you. Because uh, I think tomorrow night's the big reveal, it. right? Isn't it Monday? 8 p.m.? Or is it tonight? Yeah. Tomorrow. No, it's it'll be Monday. Tonight we'll, we re- know we really... if, tonight we'll know if the Leafs are involved, which um, 
I don't know. It's kind. Of, it's weird because I, I did watch that Jackets Leafs game, and I was super bummed when the Leafs won. I I actually, I think the poetry in the Leafs getting knocked out in this qualifier with all the money they have invested in that team, and then seeing like the Blue Jackets who lost Panarin and Bobrovsky over the off season, knock like, out the Leafs. <laughs> just, I, man, yeah, I, like, it's hard. I, I, and I I want to see I want to see the fan reactions, uh, either pro or um, against for what happens tomorrow night. I don't I don't want it to just be a quiet envelope and then some talking heads. Uh, I think we desperately need to find a way to get socially distant gaggles of fans. All the other teams that you know are picking two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight who got you know fucked in this draft. And let's see them react to who gets the number one pick. Because I'm pretty sure that the narrative is, I think that there's a preference to kind of see, like, you know, maybe a Canadian team. So even if it ends up being, like, you know, the Maple Leafs, that's still preferable to, like, the Rangers or the Penguins. I got to think that the angriest selections are, like, Pittsburgh and the Rangers, one, two. And then kind of the next tier are kind of like... Thanos' nipples to... <laughs> then after that, it's like um, Edmonton, who you know, all they do is waste talent. Um, and just you know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm referring to uh, you know the McDavid's, the uh, the Drysaitels, you know, those kind of guys. It's like, what, how about what are we doing? Uh, Connor McDavid still leads the qualifier round in points? Like, <laughs> what a waste. Um, and then like. Then there's that next tier where I don't think, I don't know if you'd really be upset, but it's like, what's the point? You know, like if Nashville gets them, Florida, I don't know. If, you know, it ends up being the Blue Jackets. What if the Blue Jackets get them? What a, what a fart in the wind that's going to be. I don't know. I don't know if that really even moves the needle for Columbus fans. I I actually like what you're saying there. Cause that, I I was actually okay with the Nashville Predators picking them up. But then I started thinking about it. I mean, we're, we're like a couple years removed from like the Predators being Stanley Cup contenders, the Winnipeg Jets being Stanley Cup contenders. That was my uh, number I, one pick. That's who I want. I want Winnipeg. They were disrespected. I mean, they're not on my shit list They were kicked out of the NHL. They were kicked out of the NHL because we were trying to go American. And now they're back. All right? This is a Canadian sport. We need as many Canadian teams as possible. Let's put the Jets on the map with Lafreniere. Who's with me? <laughs> I did like uh, the Montreal Canadiens uh, Twitter created. Uh, have you ever seen the Wolverine meme where he's like brushing the picture of Jean after she died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, so the caption was "Good luck, you sweet French Canadian boy," and it was Lafreniere wearing his Montreal Canadiens jersey in the picture that Wolverine was. That's <laughs> 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 pretty cool. Um, I, I will. I'll say that I will be happy for. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy for the Blue Jackets, the Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild. I, that, that's another one where it's I just kind of wonder. It's harmless, you know. Yeah, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of frozen lakes word. up there. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wonder how long it'll be before we even forget, uh, or before we forget Lafreniere exists when he goes to Minnesota. I would. Yeah. I don't want him to go to Florida either. I don't want him to get taken out by a Florida man, like from the TV show Atlanta. You know, that I, would be I don't pretty want sad. That to yeah, that's scary. So uh, uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to the teams that uh, did participate last week uh, with the Hockey Podcast Network in their um, 
their plea for you to be a fan of their team. Uh, Canadians advance. Uh, the Coyotes advance. And Vegas is now number one overall. Uh, unfortunately Again. for... Uh, <laughs> The oil, uh, the oil country podcast. They, they might, ha- they might be good. Listen, if uh, the Edmonton Oilers land the number one pick, uh, but you know, that episode is just going to be sixty minutes of noisemakers. I don't know why you would need anything else. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> but yeah. And then, uh, for the Capitals, uh, they, they're, they're, they're all one so far. They, they don't look too motivated in those the ro- uh, round robin. <laughs> uh games and they're looking for at least one win today um to see who's going to be the the dog shittiest of all the round robin teams it's so um, weird like how to even like cause it's not like seating matters it's not it doesn't matter who you know there's no home ice you're there I, you know i can kind of see i i kind of get it well i i do feel like so the flyers are 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 going to walk away with uh, the round robin win and they get the Montreal Canadiens. I think the, the best thing we can say we're getting out of this is that the Canadians just played their nuts off. And I think the flyers are one of the few teams to take the round robin seriously. So I think at least we're going to get, so they will be number one and the Canadians are, are last because they come in as the, the, the dead, you know, the worst team out of the qualifier round. Um, I think we're actually going to get some good hockey there. I think, uh, there's going to be some bruises, uh, <laughs> uh, created. Uh, I, I just really, that's the only, that's the only thing I can really pull because I, I don't know if you'd really want to face the Canadians who are flying pretty hot right now after taking out the Guins. Um, so, I, yeah, uh, do you, do you really win doing that? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then the, you know, the Golden Knights, too, having to take on um, uh, Blackhawks. So that that uh, that could also go. Sweep. That could go poorly. They, they I mean, Jonathan Taves just. He's back. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, he, he really does look like five years ago, Jonathan Taves. So I, I don't know. All right. Uh, one bit of Red Wing news, nothing really to dissect here. Finally. Red Wings loaned uh, Philip Zadina over to the Czech team and Mord Sider uh, over to the DEL. Um, get him some minutes. I, I don't know. It, it said they came to terms to loan him out. I, I, I tried to go the easy route and see how much I could gather of like what those terms would be uh, on yeah. two minutes of research. I don't know. It's got to be some sort of compensation if they get hurt. But I mean, this is a good thing, I think, for these two. Like, they need some time on the ice. Uh, I, I don't think it's good that you lose like a whole year of development, but you also just don't want these guys coming back and being completely different hockey players because they haven't been training for a whole year. You know, I mean, you, you really could turn into somebody completely different. Uh, speaking as uh, an un- unemployed gentleman, um, some of the things that I-, I used to be good at that I need to like start training up again to remember how to do them, um, and and that's that's easy stuff. Like physical stuff, I imagine is you you lose twice as fast and right, get the it back, it's twice and, as hard. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good good news here. I think. I would just uh, I would just say that um, like you know you mentioned the word Red Wing development, right? Um, yeah. These are arguably two of our best prospects already. So it's kind of like, well, let's go all in on our best guys. It's like, well, we have, we have a lot of guys who uh, 
you know, when we do the redrafts in 10 years, they're, they're going to, you know, Red Wing losers because we don't have, have any, any man games played. So I'm kind of hoping we get some more news out of this, uh, like other other players being uh, loaned out uh, as the verbiage goes, uh, you know, just well, to get some, some more uh, time on the ice. I imagine part of the reason that these two were able to find a team. Already overseas, but yeah. Well, I was going to say there's teams that, would also benefit from having a Zadina and a Mord Cider on them. <laughs> Please take our prospects. Ah, uh, we're good. No. All right, we'll, no. we'll pay you to take them. Uh, it's no, not safe. Good. COVID. It's not safe. Keep them. We can only take cider right now. <laughs> <laughs> can Larkin come over? <laughs> He's pretty seasoned. Well, come on. I mean, it might not be safe for some of those Red Wings to, to head overseas. But what is safe? It's not is safe not for sad. our team's win loss record uh, to take your second and third round guys. Sorry, Steve. Damn it. Um, right. But what is safe is your nutsack uh, hey! from the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, of course, they're sponsoring episode 69 of the Discussion 5. Uh, if, uh, you know, if you want to celebrate with the Discussion 5, and uh, the only way I can think. Uh, to do so on episode 69, um, you know, find your SO, find your significant other, um, you know, have some fun. But uh, if I you want to s- do it the clean way, if you want to do it the smooth way, yeah. if you want to make sure that uh, we're not, you know, pulling curlies off tongues, that's where the Lawnmower 3.0 comes in. Uh, no curlies on tongues <laughs> because why you've got yourself so close and clean. Uh, with that lawnmower th- uh, 3.0, it's just, I it, it almost it almost becomes impossible for you to, to for that to be an issue. I just you, it does such a great job, and it, it it does such a great job that you just want to keep going back in and doing more. Uh, so yeah, I, I say grab that lawnmower 3.0, get yourself nice and shiny and clean, and uh, yeah, um. celebrate episode 69. <laughs> The only if, way I can think of how to do it with your significant other. Mike. If I may. You're um, chomping at the bit. <laughs> I, uh, no, I was just excited to talk about Manscaped because um, I uh, did, just recently did the home inspection on a house I'm going to buy. And uh, I uh, was wearing gym shorts because, you know, I knew that we were going to oh, be going um, into a crawl space, potentially climbing up ladders to look at the attic. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I made sure to put on the ball deodorizer. And I was going up and down the, the, the stairs, and the uh, realtor was on site with us. And, you know, she's a, you know, fairly attractive woman. And I was ahead of her for one of the escalations up the stairs. And just moments after that, she definitely asked, you know, if I was wearing cologne and that, you know, it smells good. And then if this was the office, I would have just looked at the camera and just made a Michael face. But... I wasn't wearing cologne. It was my ball deodorizer. <laughs> so it was kind of nice because like she's made me a little angry. And now I know that she had had to smell my balls. So, Oh, boy. Uh, that's definitely a, a Dwight, <laughs> you know, it's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you smell good. Are you wearing? <laughs> Anyways, uh, you've got that 7,000 RPM motor. You've got that uh, light. Uh, the LED light to make sure that where that sun don't shine is still bright and shiny for you to do your tri- uh, your trimmings. Uh, and, uh, of course, you've got that neat charging stand, the USB charging stand. 
Uh, so you could show off that you are ready to go to celebrate episode 69 with the Discussion 5. So, everybody, go to manscaped.com, use promo code THPN. That gets you 20% off and free shipping at uh, uh, for the Lawnmower 3.0 package. That's manscaped.com, promo code THPN. That's for the Hockey Podcast Network. 20% off and free shipping. Mike, let's time? jump into the 2009 NHL draft. So tried to put that on YouTube, uh, that song, Ooh, that's... taken down immediately. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that song will not be featured you can just hear anymore. Me do- you can just hear me doodly do it here. That's about yeah. all we get. That's what we have we'll the probably, rights for. We'll probably still get in trouble for that. I was listening to uh, an, an Office podcast, and one of the writers who put together the Benihana Christmas episode, Yeah, they were saying that um, when Michael Scott had that uh uh sandals jamaica two tickets to paradise packing bags were lived tonight uh that was a sixty thousand dollar joke because they had to get the rights from eddie money to drop that in there whoops <laughs> yeah so we just had a sixty thousand uh, dollar <laughs> See, yeah, we're I a lot like the about, office on this show. Yeah, I never think about how expensive that stuff is, or, or I, I have, and I just assume it would be like, oh, hundred dollars like, a pop. Yeah, that, I, I, I would have thought, uh, you know, like a, I don't know, like a Beatles song or a Rolling Stone song would be that much, but an Eddie Money song was sixty grand, and they didn't even play the song. But oh well. All right, Mike. Uh, big story for this draft. Um, is it a story? I don't know the, uh, the. The backdrop for it would be uh, Montreal because uh, Montreal's celebrating uh, their own centennial. Uh, I'm actually wearing the uh, the Red Wings uh, centennial for the NHL celebration, the Centennial Classic that we played over in uh, Toronto. Um, yeah. Just I don't know. I it doesn't make sense because this is almost ten years later. But uh, <laughs> this is from Montreal. And uh, and and they didn't do so hot, and and they're they're kind of continuing a streak here of uh, of bad drafts after we had had so many great drafts in a row uh, for for the Canadians. So it's kind kind of sad, but also another story here. Um, not many guys, if you if you like, look at the top twenty of who was drafted and in, in, uh, in, in points going out. Uh, a lot of guys in the negative for and and we hate plus minus, but I still think from the perspective of an entire career of someone and uh, that number being in the negative for so many folks, I think it's pretty easy to see here that this wasn't a great time for forwards to, uh, to make sure uh, for teams to, to actually pick up a forward that uh, I was going to perform on both sides of the ice. And uh, I, I mean, there's some names we're going to throw out later on, but I thought that was kind of odd that there were so many guys that were so deep in the negative for their entire careers for plus minus. Uh, it also is reflective of their shitty teams that they were on. Uh, look yeah. at John Tavares for most of his. It was, uh, it was almost like they know that uh, people discredit the plus minus, And so they just kind of mailed it in. This guy <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter anyway. I'll let that goal go in. <laughs> we had this is uh two straight uh years that we had 30 guys played 500 plus games uh we're we're obviously changing that number as uh, the seasons go along because uh, we used to actually track how many guys were playing like 800 plus games or a thousand games uh 
it's not possible. Uh, they haven't played that many seasons, but um, yeah, we're, uh, thirty have played five hundred plus. So you you had a pretty good shot here at picking up a guy, but we also noticed in our losers, which we'll get into in a second here, that there were a lot of loser teams, and we're talking teams that actually walked away without anything. Uh, so you either went gangbuster, like Mike, you're going to talk about Colorado here in a second, or you were like one of the one, two, three, uh, four, five, six teams that did nothing for an entire yeah. year of drafting. Um, all right, Mike, do you want to jump into the scouting department winners and, uh, or do you want to take Colorado? Cause I, I actually took the notes on the other guys here if you want. Oh yeah. I mean, um, yeah, if you want to start with the Islanders, then we'll, we'll kind of keep going. Yeah, so Islanders, uh, that, it's pretty obvious here what you're getting out of John Tavares. And then, of course, I mean, he's he's not just, he's not just uh, you know, a game changer for your franchise. I mean, he's, he's, he's a marketing tool. He, he became a whole NHL offseason when, uh, when he jumped ship from the Islanders to the Maple Leafs. And obviously, that whole season, too, was kind of crazy because it was – Will they trade him? Are they going to use, you know, what is he going to do for the end of the season for the Islanders? I mean, it it really was a massive discussion, and, and he ended up being one of the first big free agent moves in, in years uh, of, of a guy, a top-tier NHL talent and a huge contract moving for, uh, you know, a, a free agent. I, I just, there's so much that you get out of a John Tavares. Um Miko Koskinen, uh, Casey Sezikis, Anders Lee, who's a 50 to 60 points per season guy. Chris Kreider, 30 to 50 points per season with some Selkie votes. Again, we're not talking guys that stayed with the Islanders for their entire career. But, uh, I mean, this this is this is a great draft for the Islanders. I, I really feel like they nailed it here. And, and, and you know, moving guys, uh, you know, can hurt or help at, at, at some point. But I, I think ultimately the Islanders and then uh, probably – uh, number two for uh, for who actually made out in this draft is is uh, the Colorado Avalanche, but easily uh, the top two top two teams coming out of this draft uh, I I think are the Islanders and the Avalanche. Then we've got uh, Nashville Predators did pretty good picking up Ryan Ellis, Craig Smith, Matthias Ekholm, uh, solid defenseman there out of uh, Ellis and Ekholm, and uh, Craig Smith good two way forward. And what you're getting is a lot of man games out of those three guys too, which which doesn't hurt. Senators pick up Silverberg, Robin Lehner, who's uh, currently helping the Golden Knights, and uh, Mike Hoffman. And then, uh, oh, I put the Washington Caps. Hmm. Good job on, on my note-taking. Uh, the Washington Capitals pick up Mark Johansson. That was like some cool new slang, you know. Yeah, the Washington Caps. <laughs> Orloff and Cody uh, But, yeah, then the then the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, Matt Duchesne, yeah, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and Tyson Berry. Uh, that's a pretty solid haul. And it's also I, a friendly reminder that when we put this together uh, it just means that you picked good players it doesn't mean that they necessarily did their best on your team um, right. but we have a soft spot in our heart uh, because you know how much we love Pavel on this show um, anytime that somebody's getting Lady Bing uh, recognition and uh, Duchesne didn't win the award but he was definitely um, up there you know quite a few times so if you're you're a Bing boy if you get on the stat sheet, uh, those are guys who are going to be near and dear to our heart. Um, and in a season where I think, you know, we talk about, um, you know, maybe plus minus not being uh, <laughs> necessarily um, a statistic for people to uh, really give a hoot about. Ryan O'Reilly has a negative one, but 
I will say that as a uh, a guy who's been in the running for uh, you know getting the selkie, um, he's actually been up there for you know being another one of our Bing boys. Yeah. Um, he, this guy has has really had a, a career that uh, I think Red Wing fans would you know love to be a part of instead of just watching from the bleachers. Um, and again, this you know his best stuff wasn't necessarily with the team that drafted him. Uh, you know, obviously his. He, he did pretty good in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> he had a freaking Conn Smythe uh, trophy, which, as we talked about in past shows, doesn't necessarily just go to goalies all the time, Matt. Um, he can't actually go to a forward. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, you know, he, uh, you could say he had some success in St. Louis. That's uh, <laughs> that winner. Um, but, yeah, I he's think a big boy. Too. I mean, he, he did such a great job. I mean, there there's – there's heart votes for this past season with St. Louis. I mean, to think about what an impact you make and you're not, you're not just the point per game guy where, um, you know, Cooch, Cooch wins the award, but it's like, all right, we just kind of looked at the list and went, uh, who's had, who has the most points. But I I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is that, that I'm glad that you brought up the plus minus thing because he is one of the best defensive forwards in the league easily. Um, and, My, and he, he, I, you don't even want to say he doesn't get the recognition because now, I mean, he really is like the MVP game changer. Um, he, he actually walks away from Buffalo saying like, I don't even know if I like hockey anymore. Like that's, that's how much the Buffalo Sabres like killed his, his spirit. But then he, he comes to St. Louis and it's like, Oh my God, they, they like hockey. They want to win here. And and to think too, like that St. Louis story last year, where they were dead last coming into uh you know the the year of of 2019. Yeah, uh, so worst it was January. Of worst. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and to think that this, so you've got a guy that gave up on the game of hockey, said like I don't know if I can do this anymore, but he still persevered and got close to being a point per game guy. Still that, you know, hard playing, uh, nose to the grind, defensive forward, uh, wins the Selkie, gets heart votes, uh, takes his team to the Stanley Cup, wins the Cup, gets the Smythe. I, I just, I don't know. It's, yeah, a, it's, I mean, it's a hell of a story, and it's a hell of a turnaround. He's, and man, he's every... Like, you know, we try to look at across the NHL who's a winner and a loser. And this year, the Red Wings, they did fine. Um, you know, they got... They got Tatar. They got Nick Jensen. Um, but, oh, like, Ryan is so good that he makes – he arguably makes the Red Wings losers of this draft because one pick before him was the Red Wings with Landon Ferraro. One pick. Uh, a dude who just, you know, never really panned out. He played, like, 70 games. Or we could have had this guy, um, the, the Bing Boy, a Selkie winner, a Conn Smythe effing winner. Big, uh, big miss on uh, the Red Wings brain trust there. I mean, you know, argue, you know, basically 30 teams passed on Ryan. The, the Avalanche didn't even take him first. But right, I mean, I, all things considered, like when we do when we do our redraft, I'm, I can confidently say I'm not taking Ryan O'Reilly first. I've got two guys. Oh shoot, I'm gonna give it away. I've got two guys ahead of him. But I, I mean, you you can't you wouldn't go wrong if you did take him first. Like I, I uh, so I'm I'm giving away 
He's not my first. Uh, my draft, draft board is out is out there, you guys. <laughs> it's leaked. Uh oh, it's like a Bob McKenzie leak. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so uh, I, I like that you brought up uh, the wing dingies because uh, I was actually trying to find some some and info. I'll, I'll say too defensive. that if you want to look at a blueprint, I mean, you know, there's a couple teams here where. You know, we put the Islanders in our in our winners list, but you know, a few of those guys just kind of played because they kind of stunk. Um, I mean, you know, they're they're decent guys, but I, I think the blueprint is ideally. I think you want to be Colorado, where you know, guys you're getting a little bit later in the draft are you know, Jesus Christ, like award winning players. So with the Red Wings kind of you know being this team that's hoarding second and third round picks, and it kind of feels like the rest of the NHL is like. Eh, there's not a great, you know, likelihood of those guys panning out. What is it like a 30 or 40% chance that guys after the first round pan out? It's some awful number. Um, oh, it's gotta be. It's really rough. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think this is kind of a blueprint you want, you know, pretty solid first rounder. And then your second, second and beyond, you actually get some contribution. So um yeah, I, I don't know if you want to dwell too much on the losers, but it's just teams, you know, like they, they just didn't get a lot. They didn't even get man games played, yeah, let alone, go you know, good players. Yeah. It's uh, St. Louis, San Jose, Philly, Montreal, Calgary, Boston. I mean, these, these teams all walked away with nothing. They don't have anything that they could have sold off. I mean, maybe at some point they, they get moved as like prospects, but they're, they, they, they don't get anything. The NHL got nothing out of all those guys that were drafted. Uh, so just overall stinker of all stinkers, and and we're even taking into consideration that, uh, you know where we started in 1998 with our our first draft or was it 97? Um, and and how much time has passed? Like it it still it doesn't matter. These guys' careers are are already done. Um, for for who they drafted, so there aren't any extra games being added to this list. Uh, the Datsuk Diamond and the Rough winners. Uh, we ha- we have a couple of them here, and and. One of them we talked about uh, that was close to making the list, so the honorable mention I'll just throw in is, is Anders Lee, but we decided that he probably only did well because he had John Tavares playing with him. So we, we've crossed him off, and we're going to go with Mike Hoffman, 359 points in 493 games, drafted uh, 130th overall. And then, if, uh, of course, we just watched Darcy Kemper eliminate the Nashville Predators, uh, pick 161, and, and I put on here recency bias, 925 save percentage, 928 save percentage the last couple of seasons. Um, that's, just, that's, I mean, that's not the only bias that we have with Darcy. Um, he also has an excellent name. Yeah. And he was born on Cinco de Mayo, just like me. Woo! Yeah, Darcy. Good old Mr. Darcy. Yeah. Uh, Mike, your Yuri DePito award is still still going. S- still kicking. We, we're, we're really close to having to retire it, but thank God – uh, Miko Koskinen, uh, <laughs> got drafted at, uh, 21. Um, and, uh, I mean, he, uh, he, he played one year at age 22 and then he went abroad. He's like, fuck the NHL. Uh, but now he's, he's kind of back. Uh, he, you know, he's played a couple seasons, um, in a row here. And I, I just really love that he's a dead ringer for a good brother, uh, Doc Gallows or Luke Gallows as he was in WWE. So definitely check out that profile picture if you want to see a dead ringer for uh, the wrestler who was formerly Festus, who would only <laughs> get going when he would hear a bell. Ding, ding. And then he would mutate from uh, this static, stoic, 
uh, emotionless void into a wrestling killing machine. So hats off to Miku there, Matt. Um, young vet. Uh, good boy award was was tough to come by, Mike. Uh, but we do have a couple of defensemen that uh, we get to pat on the head because they're a good boy. Who's a good boy? Uh, stuck around with their team. Uh, uh, one I would say is more of a good boy, a good loyal boy than the other, because Victor Hedman stuck around with one of the best teams in the NHL right now, uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but Oliver Ekman Larson, man, sticking around with the Arizona Coyotes through, through thick and thin. My Woo. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, the good boy of all good boy awards. If you're if you're sticking around, I mean. Uh, the only comparable would be Shane Doan uh, doing the exact same thing so, <laughs> for his entire career. So uh, good, good on you, Oliver. Uh, you're moving on into the playoffs this year. Uh, good old pat on the head and uh, and good luck. But uh, god damn, sticking around with the Coyote, uh, unbelievable. Like if I'm going through that list, the last thing you expect to see is the Good Boy Award going to a solid player out of Arizona. Uh, sorry to keep ragging on him, but I mean, come on. All right. Uh, yeah, we can uh, take a quick look at what the Red Wings did one more time. Um, you know, this was this was the draft where we got Tatar. Uh, you know, he's a pretty decent Red Wing. You know, a couple, you know, 50-point seasons under his belt. Uh, we always like the guys who can play the whole season. Um, I think it drives – it's got to drive you nuts when you put investments into these guys and they don't play yeah. the full year. Uh, and he's a dude who, you know, laced him up. 82 games, uh, multiple seasons for the Wings. Um you know, he's kind of hitting his peak now uh, with Montreal, you know, outside of Detroit. But um, I know he got to watch uh, some pretty good playoff hockey when he was in Vegas. Uh, he only played eight games, but, uh, you know, he got to see what uh, winning looks like. So it's good that he got to escape the doldrums of Detroit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as far as, you know, what kind of value he's really worth, um, this is a guy who Red Wings – swindled three draft picks out of uh for tatar um one of them actually being a first rounder being joe valeno a guy that you know keeping the fingers crossed that he really pans out and you know becomes a real asset going forward um you know another pick coming in i think in 2021 and then uh we're still waiting to hear on uh, robert mastro simone uh see what happens with his career um uh, but you know if you know, he did fine for us. He's, you know, doing fine in his career. He's, he's starting to hit his peak. Um, you know, it was, it was a good, good choice. And Matt, I think, uh, I was a little cavalier in my, um, um, inclusion of Nick Jensen. And I think it's just because I am a hog for filling the stat sheet. And this guy doesn't fill the stat sheet. He does something a little more important. He did become Madison Bowie and a second rounder this year. We know Eiserman loves those second rounders. But, Matt, sell us on Nick Jensen. What a great pick this was for the Wings. <laughs> well, he doesn't fill the stat sheet, but he plugs holes in the defensive end. Yeah, he does. Um... <laughs> He's the little doe boy filling, the, filling those holes so, in the boat. I, I was actually looking for a defense, um, at, at, you know, at, like an attorney's defense of, of Ryan Ellis. And I ended up stumbling upon statistics. Uh, Ryan Ellis, who was drafted in 2009, um, sticking around with the Nashville Predators, defensive defenseman. Uh, but I was trying to make an argument for him, and I ended up finding an argument for Nick Jensen, who I always followed uh, when I used to do blogging for um, uh, for sports betting. Like, Nick Jensen always seemed to be at the top of, of Red Wings' list for... 
uh, advanced analytics for uh, a, a, an expected goals in favor for a defenseman, uh, high Corsi stats. And he still followed along that line in January of 2019 where Sportsnet listed their best defensive defenseman based off of how many uh, offensive chances they were giving up, uh, high-quality scoring chances, and those expected goals numbers. So Nick Jensen does get moved out of uh, Detroit, and I think for good reason. At, at the time and uh, when he was playing with us, um, he was doing great. I, I, I know I was sad when Nick Jensen got traded because that was when I first got into the advanced analytics and I was really taking a deep dive into it, and I was going, man, this guy's great. And then the trade deadline comes up, and that's the only guy we move is, is our, is our best uh, statistically our best defenseman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and you look back now, and and you see you know how many holes we have all over the team, and that that's one of the 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 times where it was like, well, if you have a guy that's at the top of the league for what he's supposed to be doing, is that what you hold on to? Because it, it does look like the Red Wings make a lot of choices where they're going to hold on to a guy that's in, like, the top 20 of what they do in the league or maybe even the top 30. But you have a guy that's in, like, the top five of what they're supposed to do in the league. Maybe hang on to those top five guys. Uh, I, I think since those numbers have fallen, I think um, maybe maybe the development on the Red Wings side is actually a little bit better than it is over in Washington. But uh, he's he's still... Like those numbers aren't as great as they were back then, but um, I I still say there's a lot of fluctuation year to year. So as defensive defensemen go, I think that's something that you can probably just get right back up on. Maybe your defensive pairing changes, maybe where you're sitting in the lineup changes, and you get right back to where you were. Uh, because if you are doing what you did with the Detroit Red Wings and having those good expected goals numbers and Corsi numbers. Uh, I mean, that has to be tough when you're playing with the wings. So you get on a better team. It's a, I don't, I don't know. I, that's, it's, it's, a, it's an argument without, I, I don't know. It, it's, I'm sitting here without the actual numbers in front of me. And I'm just saying like, well, Sportsnet said, but I, I you just, you know, when, when you're, he was like a over 55 Corsi for the Red Wings his, his entire time here. And we're always saying, like, you got to be above 50 on your Corsi numbers to say that you've actually made a difference. Um, and then the expected goals to be where they were um, and, and giving up less scoring chances than other defensemen. I'm just talking in circles now. Let's let's talk about this redraft, Mike, the 2008. Uh, I'm sorry, the 2009 NHL draft. We've <laughs> goddamn did it again. We do it every year. <laughs> every goddamn week. Um all right, well, next week, hopefully, we'll get that right. It'll be 2010. All right, <clears throat> 2009 NHL Draft. Mike, I get the first pick. Um, I told you that I, I might I might throw this whole thing for a loop with uh, the first pick that is going to the Islanders. Do I give them a good boy? Or do I put them on the same path that did not work out for the Islanders? Mike? I'm going to give him a good boy. Victor Hedman going number one in the 2009 draft. If you knew everything going in and what was going to happen, I think you 100% go, Victor Hedman. No! Damn it. All right, goes my so now you've got to take... my top guy. Now you've got to take uh, uh, Ekman Larson so that the Lightning can still have... I'm just kidding. All right. Well, that's your... That's your... 
That's your whole pick. You're done. Matt? I mean, do I need to defend Victor Hedman, who's a Norris winner and helped the Tampa Bay Lightning become, you know, relevant? <laughs> well, no. I mean, he's the added piece. I mean, Kucherov is. I mean, he's arguably... all right. He's okay. I mean, I I just with the the second pick, I I uh, you know I gotta help out the Lightning and. Sometimes it's not just, you know, looking at the position, right? It's, it's about what does this guy bring to the team? The Lightning have been on the cusp uh, many a season where it seems like, you know, they have some incredible forwards. They have uh, some incredible defensemen. They've even had a few hot goaltenders that, you know, were some of the best in the league, at, you know, per season. But it just feels like they'd never quite get to the finish line. They never quite, you know, become the champion. They're just really good regular season teams. And I'm making a damn case that this team needs some leadership. And Matt, oh, man. What could be better than adding a former Bing boy, a Selkie winner, a Conn Smythe winner? Matt, pick number two, Ryan O'Reilly. He's Woo! turning around everything in Tampa Bay. Woo! I, oh, my God. I love it. I'm not I, picking another defenseman. We need some goddamn leadership in that locker room. We need a guy who's willing to play some defense. We need a guy who's uh, 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 a big boy, man. I can't get a, I can't say it enough. Um, a guy who, additionally, he gets better playing around good players. He elevates the other guys on his team. Matt, I think if Ryan O'Reilly, if he'd been a Red Wing, like we said earlier, instead of Landon Ferraro, I think the Wings would have been in a better spot than they're in today. And I would maybe I would definitely uh, uh, say that the Lightning would have a cup under their belts with Ryan O'Reilly on the roster. So that's what we do in 2009. Pick number two. Give me O'Reilly all day. All right. Well, this is as easy as pie for me because the Colorado Avalanche took a center. They still get to take one. Uh, hopefully, hopefully for the Avalanche, he he sticks around. Uh, this might mean too that you know. Nathan McKinnon ain't, ain't going to be an avalanche, uh, you know, if we if we keep going in the future. Uh, but, yeah, jo- Jonathan Tavares, can't go wrong. Uh, he's headed over to Colorado. I mean, making like we talked about before, making waves uh, from a PR perspective. This is a guy that, uh, you know, he, he doesn't really have, like, sound bites or anything. He's not interesting, but uh, as a human being goes, um, I'm pretty confident and comfortable saying that. But he's a great <laughs> hockey player. So uh, did he go number one? Like maybe a lot of people probably would have just slotted him in there and said he's fucking John Tavares. Of course he's going number one. No, not on this draft, baby. He's going number three. He's going to Colorado. Mike, you've got uh, got those poor well, thrashers, soon to be Winnipeggy Jets. Well, Atlanta, I feel like they, they just need bodies. Um, there's not a lot of... Razzle dazzle, not a lot of sizzle in Atlanta. Uh, we, we need some, uh, we need some high quality hockey players um, in this city. Uh, they originally took Evander Kane, who far away was, you know, the most productive wing uh, to get picked. But sometimes in these redrafts, Matt, you just got to pillage from the brain trusts who know what they're doing. And this draft is no exception. Matt, going number four, my second former Colorado player. Give me Matt Duchesne. Um, again, this is a guy that, you know, you're going to, you have a couple 30 goal seasons. Uh, 
And more importantly, you get a guy who, Jesus Christ, actually got some some heart votes back in 2013-14 uh, season. Um, a guy who's, you know, known to play full seasons, the 82 games. You know, that's something we love here. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he you know, the, the avalanche of, you know, not rocked and rolled in the playoffs. He went to Columbus, uh, and now he's, you know, in Nashville. And um, even with limited appearances, he's still almost, you know, a, a, a point a game in the playoffs. Um, he's one of our big boys. Not quite a winner, but he's up there as a big boy. So, Matt, hmm. I, I, I think that Atlanta would be remiss if they didn't add Duchesne in the redraft. So give me Duchesne all day. All right. Uh, this is actually this is going pretty well. Looking at my my list here of where I wanted guys to land. So uh, that means if I follow along my draft board and I'm ranking these guys where I think you know I, I think they're making the bigger difference uh, for their position. So guess because I hope I'm leading. Oh boy, here we go. Leading this in the right direction, Mike. Um, so Kings take they take a center uh, in Braden Shen. Uh, I. That's that's fine. Uh, I, I think I want to do a bit of an upgrade here. And I've got another good boy uh, that's moving. I love the good boy award was my creation. Uh, and I think it does mean a lot. Uh, and, and and you're getting a guy that I... He's moving up one spot. I I just... I can't get past the fact that when you, you look at what the Coyotes have been able to do and this guy can still stand out and be like, all right, I'm... St- I'm going to do my best. I'm still going to get Norris votes. I'm going to get all-star votes. Uh, but I've got this dog shit around me. I, I think that does mean a lot. And, and it could go both ways. It could be he's just the shiniest of the turds. But I, I like to <laughs> kind of push this in the direction that Ekman Larson, I mean, he's legit in my eyes. Uh, but he's he's going to the Kings. And, and I got to stick with my draft board on this one. So, Mike, you've got the Yotes. How do I what save are you doing? The Yotes? Did I did I just how do I everything? save the Yotes? Um, this is tough, Matt. This is this is really tough. This this is really getting tough. Um, like it I is. said, it's it's getting tough. Um, even in a redraft where we know how these players pan out, it's still kind of like ooh. Um, yeah, we're already talking like at, at so pick. We're on pick six, right? So we're already yeah. talking at this point. You've 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 lost your top three. Like you get middle six, bottom six uh, forwards here or your bottom four defensemen. Like I, I, I really do think like we've really, we've already crossed the line. Like, and, and we're on, we're on pick six. This is tough. Uh, we originally did get a Maybe, maybe for the worst, uh, a good boy for the Coyotes, who he he's just seduced by that you know sweet desert air. Uh, so, um, I, I I gotta think that you know they still want a defensive defenseman in some capacity. Um, they want a guy who's you know on the stat sheet a little bit. So I'm I'm gonna veer away from like Ryan Ellis um, as much as I love him. If you're going to get a guy who's on the stat sheet a little bit, he plays a little bit of defense, um, got a pretty pretty good consistency, um, you know, about, you know, playing 70 to 80 games every season. 
Man, I, I, I've, I've held sway so far um, with picking and pillaging from our boys in the mountains. And this pick will be no different. Tyson Berry! Boom! He's getting picked. Ooh. Oh, man. Now, are there some forwards that are a little sexier? Absolutely. Are there some defensemen that defense a little more defensier? Yeah, probably. But Tyson, you know, I, I, I think that he's going to be seduced by that sweet desert air as well. Um, nothing like a little melted ice when you're playing defense. So this guy's already <laughs> used to some crazy conditions. Um, he almost made our good boy list, too, outside of uh, leaving Colorado uh, this season for Toronto. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's for a defenseman, he's been, you know, scoring all right. He's that didn't really make an all star team, but he got, you know, kind of oh, voted. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really like what Colorado did this season, so I, I think we're gonna really, I'm really go, I'm doubling in, I'm, I'm all in with Colorado and spreading their, their guys out into the top 10. So, Matt, spreading their cheeks. That, I think, really opens it up here for uh, for you to get another good player, you son of a bitch. I just saw who you wrote in. Matt, how do the Maple Leafs turn it around? Well, I, I think it's it's safe to say that a lot of their struggles uh, between this moment and today revolve around uh, that the, the defense and goaltending in, in Toronto. I think some people are... Are, are happier with Toronto's goaltending, but I, I think we can kind of shove it into overdrive and pick up uh, who we were, we were already talking in this episode is uh, one of the best goaltenders in the league, maybe benefiting a bit from a, a scared coaching strategy to play a little bit tighter because maybe you're not so confident in your team's ability to win, but they also just picked up a bunch of forwards that should build up that confidence so maybe this argument goes either way anyway uh mike uh the leafs are gonna get some goaltending help in darcy kemper again rolling with the 925 and 928 save percentage the last couple seasons um mike a team that as we speak right now is actually in the first round of the playoffs compared to the leafs who still have to win tonight uh so um argue all you want about whether or not the leafs have good goaltending um i i would say that the coyotes could easily sit there and go i think ours is better as they uh, sit nice high and comfy uh, waiting for their first round to start. So, uh, Mike, the Leafs, Leafs are actually going to take Darcy Kemper. Remember, folks, I, I feel like I need to say this. Um, do you draft a goalie when you don't know they're going to be? I mean, Darcy Kemper, what did we say? He went like 160. Um, yeah. We know he's going to be good, though. So that's where this changes. That's where we draft a guy in the top 10 because we, we have the crystal ball. But never draft a goalie in the top 10. You idiots. All right. Mike, All right. Uh, you've got the stars at number eight. So out of, like, the top 20 picks um, in the real draft, there was really, I would say, just two absolute busts. One was Montreal, and, we, you know, we talked about them having a, um, a rough go of it. But the other one, the only top 10 pick to just not even play uh, – 200 games uh like under 249 there was one guy and he only played one game and it was the dallas stars pick uh scott glenny um so honestly dallas they're they're willing to take literally anybody else basically anybody else, even a guy who didn't make it because this guy played one game and all he did was get two penalty minutes so matt they wanted a wing we have let this guy fall far enough and I know he's had some crazy suspensions. Um, he's, he's had a couple of kooky injuries, but God damn it. He's on the stat sheet. 
Um, I will say that uh, 242 goals and 713 games played is much better than one game played and no goals. Man, going to Dallas. Um, we've been through most of Texas. We haven't been through Dallas yet. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, this guy's going to really learn what it's like. Uh, he's kind of floated around the league here. He's played in Atlanta, Winnipeg, Buffalo, um, and now he's a Shark. Well, don't, I mean – Atlanta and Winnipeg is the same thing. Don't forget about that. I well, I, <laughs> I mean, do. You still got to learn two cities. <laughs> so now he's learning a new city, Matt. Give me a Vander Kane. Yay! Yeah, um, you know he had a couple thirty goal seasons. Um, you know, just as just as late as you know uh, last year, and uh, you know, you get production, and you're you're in inarguably better than Scott Delaney. I, definite upgrade from the one game played. <laughs> um, so, uh, uh, to, where, uh, what team am I drafting for? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, ah, the Senators. All right. All right. So uh, I got pick nine. I already know who I'm taking, so I, I don't need to fumble around too much here. Uh, but we are going to take again from the Stanley Cup winning St. Louis Blues team. Uh, obviously not who drafted him. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Braden Shen. I, I think, uh, like I mentioned before, I think the the level of talent has dropped off. Uh, I, I don't want to say severely, but you're still talking. You know, we're not we're not talking Hart Trophy winners uh, very quickly in this draft. Like I, I like I said, I mean, we're already the middle six, bottom six, bottom four defensemen. Uh, there's still one great goaltender left, uh, so maybe Mike's going in that direction, but. I think I think with the Senators, uh, we're one year removed from them picking up uh, Eric Carlson. So now let's let's kind of build up the forward lines a little bit here. And Braden Shen is nothing to sneeze at, as we love to say on this show. Uh, a seventy point season thrown in there, but when you're notching in, uh, ever since uh, let's see, the 2014-15 season, he almost cracked fifty points, but since then it's been fifty points and up, including that seventy point season. I mean that that's something that uh, when teams are evaluating talent like that's the threshold where they're like all right this guy's worth this first round pick because he can get above the 50 point threshold eventually. Um I mean again do the Red Wings have a ton of 40 point scorers on their team? Nah. But that's <laughs> that I mean I, I, so it, I'm saying it's still impressive to get the 40 points but uh, I, I think Braden Shen crosses crosses that realm of um, more than just a name on the roster. I mean, this this is a guy that's going to make a clear difference. And um, you know, the twenty goals per season, easy peasy, something I want on my team. I, I'm justifying this too much. I'm I feel like I'm talking myself out of it. But yeah, Braden Shen, uh, and he's also uh, it would have been silly for me not to take him. Uh, because he was number eight on my list, and that makes him number nine. All right. We've taken a couple guys that were off my list. Um, not off my list. They're, they were just lower. Well, that brings us to number 10. Uh, and Matt, another name that it's not as fun as when I try to say Jake Gensel, and I say Gwensel, which I'm going to still take that to my grave. Uh, but the Oilers originally took Magnus Pajarvi, and you know he's he's fine. Um, I just 
we go through these drafts, you know, we, we rank all these players and we look at like um, our dead suit diamond in the, in the rough award winners. And I think this is a good spot to include uh, Mike Hoffman going at number 10. I think he's worthy of a pick. He's definitely a late bloomer. Um, a guy who he didn't really start playing seriously until he was 25. Uh, you know, uh, he was, he was getting uh, Calder vote, votes at age 25. Um, and since then, you know, he's been, uh, you know, uh, just steadily increasing his production. Uh, the 18-19 season was his, his career high there where he had 36 goals and 34 assists. Um, one of our favorite things is, you know, nothing to uh, turn your nose at. Um, and he was, you know, almost on pace for a point a, point a game uh, this season with Florida again. Um, you know, 59 and 69 games. And sometimes those late bloomers, you know, it's you know, worth picking. So, Matt, I, I don't know. I, I, he's, he's not blowing, he's not lighting the world on fire, but I, I think it's production that you can be happy with. Um, it's a guy you had to be a little bit patient with and, uh, yeah, now he gets drafted. <laughs> That's about all I got for you for Mike Kaufman. No, I mean, it's, I'll say it again. Uh, this, this was, this is a draft. I, I think it, it dropped off from the, the top tier talent, uh, pretty quick. So, uh, everybody that is the 2009 draft, um, we, uh, we hope you'll check out everything on brothersdiscussion.com, bodpodcast.com. Find us on Instagram as brothers underscore of underscore discussion. Find the show on Twitter at bodhockey as we try and cover uh, the hockey games that are going on. I'm putting together a patio, so I have been uh, online less and less. Uh, that is one hell of a job, putting a, putting a patio together. Let me tell you, everybody, if you have the choice to say no, just say no. Um, but, uh, Mike, good luck with your house. And let's wrap it up here. Have a good one, everybody.